Amen. Thank you very much. Appreciate that ministry. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles or turn your devices, whatever, to Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20. There are times I feel like a Watertown resident. Uh, all three of our children attend Calvary Baptist Christian School, and so um, we do some carpooling, but I'm the one that takes them to Watertown each day. So obviously after dropping them off at CBCS, I just kind of hung around a little bit, did some more studying. But I do appreciate so much um, Dr. and Mrs. Marriott. Many years ago, probably seven, I would say maybe seven to eight years ago, uh, we were at another ministry in Illinois, and this was before, through a lot of godly counsel from a lot of godly pastors, this was before we were led to, uh, to dissolve that ministry. But I remember that time I had invited uh, the Marriott's to come down, and I was really, you know, hoping and praying that we would see a lot of people, you know, for, for them when they came down, so that we could be an encouragement to them. And uh, you know what? We had, get out your calculators, we had a grand total of 10 people for that event, and that was including the Marriott's, and so, but I thank the Lord that they were a great encouragement to us uh, when they came down, even though it was just a handful, uh, they were true servants that day, and I, I really, as we continue to get to, to see them often, whether at our church at times or uh, through other events as well, uh, I really think of them as really having a what I like to term a snippet ministry. That is, you know, they may not have a lot of time to spend hours and hours with someone, especially if they're just visiting or if they're just seeing you at some local event, but they always seem to give just a little bit, of, just a snippet of some encouragement. And, um, and I so, so much appreciated that about the Marriott's. Thank the Lord for this school as well, and uh, thank the Lord for all of the students here. I want to be an encouragement today. I want to give really as a purpose of, for this message, and really the purpose would be this, and it's, not, it's nothing earth-shattering, it's nothing that you probably have never heard before, but it's really the purpose of remembering God's promises, remembering God's promises. We're looking at the life of, of Jeremiah today, and Jeremiah, of course, faced Great trials throughout his five decades or so of ministering there in Judah. His reign, Jeremiah's reign, really took place during Judah's last five kings. And, of course, Jeremiah was a prophet, often known as the weeping prophet, right? And he would have also been considered a priest as well. Before we read in the Scriptures today, let me just read briefly what Charles Spurgeon said regarding Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a man of extremely sensitive character. He was similar to Jesus in that sense, in that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jeremiah lived in times that were particularly trying to him, and he was called to exercise a ministry that involved him in perpetual sorrow. He loved the people among whom he dwelt, Yet God commissioned him to pronounce judgments on them. This, in itself, was a hard task to such a nature as his. He continues, He went, however, to his work with firmness, hopeful, perhaps, that when his countrymen heard the divine threats, 
they would repent of their sins, seek the divine mercy, and find it. But instead, they rejected his warnings. They despised his person, and they defiled his God. There are many times throughout scriptures we could look at various examples of those men and women who knew God's will, but yet it was difficult. There were hardships. There were trials. They faced afflictions. They faced death threats. And yet they continued on. Just think of Jonah. Think of Job. Think of Elijah. Think, of course, of David, who in 1 Samuel 20 and verse 3 said, there's just a step between me and death. That's it. Just a step. Being hounded by King Saul constantly on the run. Now let's look at Jeremiah chapter 20. I want us to start with verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 7. Now listen to this. Here in chapter 20, Jeremiah is going through a lot of just vacillation, right? And even toward the end, even we're not going to read verses 14 through verse 18 where he kind of continues in that same depression, right? This is so true of many of the Psalms as well, where the Lord encourages us, where we, where we hopefully remember his promises. And we pick ourselves back up by his grace and we continue to do God's will. We're not going to quit. So Jeremiah, finally, right? Jeremiah 20 and verse 7. O Lord, thou hast deceived me. Is this a prophet? <laughs> o Lord, thou hast deceived me. It's talking about, Lord, you have seduced me. Lord, you have, you have lured me in. I, I didn't sign up for this, Lord. All of these afflictions that Jeremiah had already faced, but now, even in the context of Jeremiah 20, verses 1 through 6, which we are not reading, here is Pasher actually throwing him in stocks, having him beaten. Here was his false prophet throwing him in stocks and then continuing to mock and ridicule Jeremiah. What's going on, Lord? Afflictions? What? Verbal? But now physical? Oh, Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. I'm just a laughing stock, God, and I didn't sign up for this. Let's keep reading. For since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and, and spoil, or in other words, destruction. This was, this was the speech that God wanted him to give there in, in Judah. Repent. Babylon, the invaders are coming. Repent, right? And so because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, verse 8, and a derision, how often? Daily. I'm called to do God's will, but I'm facing all types of insults. I'm, I'm facing ridicule. I'm, I'm facing persecution. What are you doing, Lord? Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. He was so depressed, he was so discouraged that he wasn't even, he, this, this thought just kind of was in him now. Maybe I can quit. Maybe I can do something else. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing, in other words, holding it in and I could not stay, I could not endure it. I could not do that. In verse, verse 10, for for I heard the defaming of many, talking about the whisperings of others, talking behind his back, right? He was always, 
He was always prophesying doom and gloom. And this is what God wanted him to prophesy. This is exactly what God wanted him to say. And he could not handle the afflictions. He could not handle what what he was facing because of the truth that he was giving out. I heard the defaming of many fear on every side. Reports say they and we will report it. All my familiars, all my friends, in other words, watching for my halting. Watching for my feet to slip up, right? Saying, peradventure, he will be enticed and we shall prevail against him. What friends, right? We shall prevail against him and we shall take our revenge on him. But look at verse 11. Transition here. Massive transition that we see often in the Psalms where discouragement and then depression is there. And it happens. Men and women, it happens. Christians can get depressed when we take our eyes off the Lord. We can get discouraged when we take our eyes off of the Lord and His perfect will for our lives. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one that is a valiant, mighty warrior, a strong defender. Therefore, my persecutors shall stumble and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, that triest the righteous and seest the reins in the heart, let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I opened my cause. Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of evildoers. Now, this was not the first time that Jeremiah had these fits of, of depression and discouragement. In chapter 11, he also complains. Chapter 15 as well, chapter 17, chapter 18, and of course here in chapter 20. But one of the things that I think is is interesting, even though at the end of Jeremiah, you have him thrown into the cistern in chapter 38, you have him forced to go to Egypt, you have him facing more discouragements. In Jeremiah chapter 20, this is the last time, at least recorded in Scripture, Uh, that we have Jeremiah going through this fit of discouragement and depression and questioning God. This is it. In fact, many have called this his Gethsemane moment, where he was willing to do, as was our Lord Jesus Christ, he was willing to do his will, but Lord, if it's possible, could there be another way? Again, Jesus was not saying, I don't want to die for the sins of the world, but if it be possible, he knew the, the torment he was getting ready to face. And so here is Jeremiah's, again, his Gethsemane moment. One writer said this regarding the fact that he had wanted to stop giving the word that God had given him to give, and he couldn't. It was just in him, and that, that flame was being fanned. And one writer said, though, though proclaiming the word brought ridicule and pain to Jeremiah, he was exhausted from holding it in. Jeremiah never questioned that God had called him to be his spokesman. But he could not understand why it, brought, why it brought him so much affliction. And I wonder at times, as Jeremiah faced so much, right? He faced death threats in chapter 11. He faced, of course, the beating in chapter 20. Arrested, I believe in chapter 26, imprisonment. Starvation, right? In the cistern that he was thrown in. He was rejected often. But here's what he remembered. He remembered his God. 
Let's look in chapter 1 just for a moment. Chapter 1. And I think at times we as God's children have to remember Ephesians 2.10, God has called us to good works. We're not saved by our good works. Of course not. But he has called us to do something for him. So, it, so then it is our purpose as his children to say, God, what do you want me to do? And then do it. And then understand, men and women, that often there are afflictions that come. But here in the case of Jeremiah, when the afflictions came, the accusations started flying, right? God, what are you doing? Are you deceiving me, God? Can God deceive us? No. No, he cannot. Jeremiah chapter 1. May God encourage us with these verses today. Verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations, primarily to Judah, but also some of the outlying nations as well. Then said I, you know, here's the excuses, right? Like Moses, like me, like us sometimes, right? Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. Whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And then look in verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. I wonder today if there's any man or woman here and you're making excuses of why you can't do something that God wants you to do. God delights in using the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. God wants to use each of you here today. The afflictions will come. The the hardness will be there. Paul told Timothy, endure hardness. In other words, endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. They, the afflictions, will come. It will come. But at that moment, and especially at that moment... We must remember God's promises that he has given us. There are many hundreds and hundreds of promises. And so, let's continue reading. Verse 9, The Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Very important to say what God wants us to say. And then look at the encouragement he continues to give Jeremiah in verse 17. Thou therefore gird up thy loins, right? Get ready, prepare for action. I'm with you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of what they say. Don't be afraid of the the afflictions that maybe even will await you, but arise, right? Verse 17, speak unto them all that I command thee. You mean, Lord, even the doom and the gloom? Can I just say a few comforting, encouraging things? words yeah you need to say all that i command thee don't be afraid again be not dismayed of their faces lest i confound thee before them and look at verse 19 and they shall fight against thee wow okay uh jeremiah you got to be ready for this they're not always going to want to hear what you are saying (laughs) Uh, they're going to kind of buck up against that they're going to resist what you're saying And oftentimes, I know in preparing for the ministry, you know, we have these grand and and glorious ideas as young preacher boys that uh, we'll go into a ministry and we'll never face any hardships, we'll never face any afflictions, and it's just not true. 
But remember the Lord's calling, right? We've got to remember the Lord's calling. That's so crucial for every Christian man and woman here to remember the promises of God. We know his promises. We know his word. We just have to continue to say, you know what? I have got to keep my focus right. Maybe there's some here today and you're going through a lot of issues, maybe trials at home. You're, going, you're getting ready to go back to some of those same trials at home. Maybe some family members that are not yet saved. You know what awaits you there. And yet at the same time, you are to lean on the promises of God. Remember, here's what God says to Jeremiah, all the way in Jeremiah chapter 1. Before all of these persecutions and afflictions came, Jeremiah, they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. I'm with thee, Jeremiah. I am with you. Continue to lean on me. I'm not not deceiving you. I'm with you to the end, right? In Isaiah chapter 50, one of the four servant songs that are mentioned, here is Isaiah some 700 years before Jesus Christ came to this earth. He prophesies in Isaiah 50 and verse 6 and 7, I gave my back to the smiters, clearly speaking of Jesus Christ. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, shall I not be confounded? Therefore, have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Here's the determination of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can he be so determined? How can he be so resolute, setting his face like a flint? I'm going to Jerusalem. I know what I must do. For the Lord God will help me. He can be so resolute because he knows that God is going to carry him through. What has God called you to do, young person? Men, women, are we vacillating? Or will we choose, it's a choice, to remember the promises of God that he has given you? Maybe he gave you this promise 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Maybe he called you, maybe it's a young man here, he called you into the ministry he will never forsake you. And maybe you're, you're thinking up of all of these excuses of why you, you can't preach or why you can't go to the mission field or why you can't serve in a local church. Remember the promises of God. Remember what He is able to do. It's not about us. It's all about God. A couple more scriptures. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 17, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me. Oh, by the way, this is when a lot of others deserted him, right, in that context. Others deserted me. That was kind of discouraging, right? That would have been discouraging to me. You know, my right-hand man left or something like that. That happened to Paul. It happened often. Here's what he says. He's not going to let it stop him. He's still resolute. He's still determined to follow God's will for his life. Notwithstanding the Lord stood with me, And strengthen me that by me the preaching might be fully known. What am I trying to say here this morning? 
that in our troubles, God is sufficient. In your troubles, God is sufficient. The devil would want us to quit. It's nothing more than to have us just quit doing the will of God. He doesn't want us to continue. He doesn't want us to continue in the good works that God has called us to do. He wants us to quit. You know, for pastors, it's the, it's the standard joke. It's the proverbial resignation letter in your top drawer, right? And so I don't know if this happened to Jeremiah on a Monday morning, maybe, but I don't know. But may, may I encourage us, if we have that resignation letter in our, in our top, top drawer, may I encourage us this morning, rip it up. I mean, I know God chooses, he calls people to different ministries. May, but may I encourage us, more often than not, it's oftentimes that we're just discouraged. The afflictions are there. But what we need to do is not open that drawer, unless to rip it up, but to go to God's word and say, God, you led me into this ministry that I'm currently in. You want me to do this. This is your will for my life. Help me. What does Paul say in the context of the thorn in the flesh? And I will not speculate. In the context of the thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9, he said, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Wow, Paul had them, right? Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Do we realize that here today, men and women, that as Christians, the power of Christ is resting on us? That's how we are to continue to serve Him. That's how we are to continue to to bring glory and, and honor to Him. It's through Him. I can do Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One more verse. Our Lord Jesus said, of course, to his disciples at the end of Matthew, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, of course, the command, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teach them. We know the passage as well, I'm sure. And perhaps at that point, the disciples were like, oh boy, here we go again. Really, Lord? And here's what the Lord says at the end of Matthew 28. And lo, I will be with you, even until the end of the world. I'm with you. I'm with you. This was the I'm with you that encouraged Jeremiah. This was the I with you that encouraged our Lord Jesus. This was the I with you, I am with you that encouraged Timothy, that encouraged Paul as well. Will we let it encourage us? I'm with you. The Lord is with us. And we know that. I know we do. We know it. But we constantly, when we're faced with a barrage of afflictions, and often it's daily, like Jeremiah, right? The things that we have to endure. We want to quit. We want to give up. We want to throw in that proverbial towel and we want to give in our resignation. Lord, I didn't sign up for this. This is difficult. This is hard. May we, as Paul said, 
know God's grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. I don't know how the Lord, by His Spirit, is going to choose to to use this message here today. But I wonder if maybe there are some in here, you know God's will for your life, and you know that will is not going to be easy. You know there's going to be some hardships. You know you might have to give up some things. You, you know you might have to really walk a road that you're going to be alone. I want to encourage you that you're not alone. I want to encourage you that God is with you. Remember all of his promises. I will never, 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 never leave thee nor forsake thee, Hebrews 13, 5. God also wants to stand by us and strengthen us as we follow him, as we do his will. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for your promises. We're thankful for your mercies that are new every day. I thank you for each of the students here today. I pray that all of them, every single one of them here today, would do your will. The afflictions will come, but I pray that when the afflictions come, they would run to your word and cling to your promises. Lord, the flesh is weak. Spirit is willing, we know. But Lord, often we accuse you. We accuse others as well when we're going through these afflictions. But may we run to your word and lean on your promises. Father, how thankful we are that you never deceive. You cannot lie. I pray, Lord, that we would be obedient to the will of God for our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.